0: Yeah. The thing when you were talking about too, with Peter, Peter Diemitis talking about how it's better than ever. And I've heard that many times. And I actually kind of agree with that because when we think historically, like think about the Roman and Greek times, like they used to just murder people in the streets. There was like, it was very brutal and chaotic and crazy. Women didn't have a lot of rights. People couldn't really be themselves. Consciousness was at a very low level. It's interesting that the more safety we have, the more things we have, the more access we have. It's like suicide rates increase because I think a lot of times we think that's going to be the thing when the thing really that I've found keeps us is that connection to source or God. It's like, how can your faith, whether your faith is in God or whether your faith is in Allah, whoever it is, how can that be your organizing principle for deeper purpose and connection and truth. Because when we have all the things we've seen it many times in history with celebrities or culture, that's actually not what makes us happy or feel like we have purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think that the huge
1: epidemic right now is is that hopelessness yes. of like, what is my point? What am I doing here? Am I actually even changing things? Like, what am I living for? And I think that this, I don't have the whole solution for it. I think part of it is the loneliness and the fact that we're so apart. Part of it is the fact that living is so expensive that people have to work so much that the little time that you have, you like look at what relationships you find value in and then relationships become transactional. I think it's social media culture and us, you know, communicating and even just hating on each other and just the horrible things that people say on social media. And especially with teenagers, I think that's a huge part of the depression, anxiety and suicide going on. I mean, there's so many different points of it, but we—if we don't have hope for a better future for ourselves, for humanity, then living on this planet's gonna suck.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tweeted the other day. I was like, "Optimists create the future." Mm-hmm. Because how can we be that where you're thinking of the best possible outcome? Because if you look at Netflix, and I love the solo, solo you did the other day about why you don't watch scary movies, and I have said this since I was little when I first saw this show on, it was Castle Ghosts of Ireland. My sister was watching it at her sleepover. She was four years older than me. I came in the room, Castle Ghosts of Ireland came and it was this old like Irish house and this like demon goat creature was walking down the hallway. It was like CGI. My life was never the same. I was like, yo, the fact that this, so for the next years, I was so scared and I haven't watched scary movies since because I don't like to be scared. It's not a feeling I like to feel. I don't like to be scared, but if you look on Netflix or on a lot of the main TV shows, there's not many shows about creating a better future. Most of them are doom and gloom. Most of them are apocalyptic. Most of them are about the worst possible scenario, like Blade Runner, You know, many of these movies that are pretty predictive and they sort of get in our conscious and our psyche and make us believe that the only possible outcome is really like a terrible experience
1: mm-hmm. because the ego wants to focus on what might make me unsafe. So if I know all of the potential things that might make me become unsafe, maybe it's the Irish ghost. Maybe yes. it's Krueger. it was Kruger. a goat. Okay. A
0: goat. <laughs> it was like a goat creature. It was like on its little like hooves walking yeah. down the hallway. And I was like, oh my God. For me it was Freddy
1: Krueger with his big ass nails oh and the fact that he could come for you in the daylight. I'm like shit, where do I hide? <laughs> yes, like there is yes. nowhere to go or the ring when whenever oh, the tv god. would get all like staticky oh my god like i'm still afraid of t- when they get yes. staticky i'm like
0: shit some my, I saw the exorcist up. too all of these <laughs> and things and i was are like i'm so... going to be possessed by the devil it's only a matter of time but <laughs>
1: The, our brains actually, when we see these things, it can't turn it off. We become mm-hmm. hooked. And it even happens on social media when you see bad news. When you read the word trigger warning, you're going to read that shit more. Yes. It's, no one's like, trigger warning, I'm going to step away.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you literally. It's it's like, they're like, thank you. Exactly. <laughs>
1: so because our egos are like, what is that potentially unsafe thing? Let me fixate on it and not look away mm-hmm. because that thing could potentially get me. If you look back, evolutionary, if there was like, a, a murdering village that was coming to get me. I need to know everything I, I could about the village. I need to hide. I need safety. So that's why we can't look away from these things. And I think at the same time, it's it's gotten worse over the past few years because we are in this perpetual state of fear that like attracts like, mm-hmm. that we want to feel it in an even more exponentially gross basis because then it counters this reality that we're like, oh, wow, that was crazy. I survived that. I'm strong. And then you feel better about yourself. But then those Everything that you see remains in your subconscious. Everything that you've seen this lifetime stays in your subconscious forever. So that's why when you're alone at home, when you're in the bathroom, the thoughts come back and then our thoughts create our reality. So then we're creating realities based off of these really horrific things and these things aren't like oh it's like shadow work no one's shadow work is samara coming out of a 100%. screen you know who says it's shadow work like i've heard people be like oh if you're afraid of
0: screen movies you're afraid of your shadows i am like I'm, yeah freddy
1: krueger is not part of my i'm not afraid of them shadow. but i'm like yeah.
0: choosing to just not like inundate my brain and third eye because there's shit. enough
1: genuine 100%. shadow work for you to do yes. that you don't need to add You know, because stress all comes in the same bag. It doesn't know where it's from. So if you're just adding stress from things that aren't even in your life, Mm -hmm. it's still being processed by your cortisol and your body in the exact same way. But I think we we feel a sense of community when we watch these things. We get to talk about it to other people. It's like, remember in like high school, if you went on a date, you'd watch a scary movie because you would get even closer. So I think it's that closeness that we're desiring that makes us continue to watch these things. And then we can debrief them with other people that it almost feels like you and I just went through this really tough emotional thing together and we're debriefing it, which in a relationship makes you get closer. But the difference is this was not a thing in our relationship. This is something that Hollywood created to stay in our minds, to keep us hooked and to make us want to watch the second, third, fourth, fifth. That's why horror movies have so many versions of them. Mm -hmm. They're created so you never get that relief on the other end of just escaping the tiger. You're always on eggshells. And that's what's really dangerous about it.
0: Oh, I didn't actually even think about that. I just am like, what? Who wants to feel scared? A lot of people feel
1: scared and it just mirrors that. Mm. It's like, in a way, I think they're attracted to it because they'd want to face that fear, but they're not doing it and actually looking at the cause of their fear. They're just going into the energy of fear. It's like, why do angry people attract more situations
0: to make them angry? Yeah. 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 And the, with the scary movies too, sometimes I'm like, it's just all been done. And also I think when we talk about consciousnesses and pulling on consciousnesses, that's like another, from my perspective, just like music. And the, I think there's a lot of darkness in music, whether vibrationally or lyrically. That to me is a consciousness visitor where it's like an entity or energy that's sort of visiting to like be worked through and expressed in a way that can siphon energy or just sort of pull people into or keep them in, in lower states and lower vibrations.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting because I'm always having this conversation with Steven yeah. because they just produced six al-
0: um, six songs on
1: Kendrick Lamar's new album, his artist Bacon did, which is amazing. And I don't know if you've heard Kendrick Lamar's new album, but it's like a lot of shadow work. It's a yes. lot of processing and it's actually really beautiful. And But it's hard to listen to, you know, because it's like, wow, it's really there. So I see. So I see the beauty of art to be able to like give words and energy and vibration towards this like collective feeling that people aren't talking to I think Kendrick Lamar is a beautiful example of that. But then I see like Travis Scott, you know, and like these different people that there isn't a core message on it. It's just, it's like that horror movie of just like the rage consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think that rage also is a human emotion that can be you know, move into in a healthy way, like this weekend at the ludicrous concert, I went back to move, bitch, get yes. out of the way. And I was like, oh, like there is a con- consciousness of me in here too. That's mm-hmm. like super crunk and, and hyped up. But I didn't leave the concert feeling more angry. I didn't leave the concert wanting to start a fight. So can we blame it on the music? It's like, I think music is being created based off of how people are feeling, right? So it's like, sometimes we blame the musicians, but the musicians at the end of the day are like, where is the collective consciousness and how can I give voice and words to it? And then people who rise to the top, whether it's someone like a Travis Scott or whoever else, it didn't start with them. So I think like the bigger underlying issue is like,
0: why do so many people resonate with this music? Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast.